Hello and welcome to this week's Ruby Shoes podcast, bringing you the very best of local entertainment across East Anglia each and every week. In this week's episode, we have a review of the absolutely hilarious Dracula, The Bloody Truth, which was hosted by the New Wolsey Theatre in Ipswich last week. We get to take a look around the key theatre in Sudbury, and I also stumble across something I've never been inside before. Plus, we hear from another comedian this week. I know, I'm spoiling you. This week, it's Mike McLean. He'll be bringing his very own brand of mirth to this year's Ipswich Regent Panto, Sleeping Beauty, in December. Now, if you went to last year's Panto, you'll know he brought the house down with his character, Mr Smee. Plus, I've got some ideas for you you might like to check out. Despite the colder, wetter weather, our theatres and entertainment venues are full of fantastic shows to keep you feeling warm and cheery. First, let me tell you about Dracula, the bloody truth. Have a listen to this. See how Miss Lucy rose up, awoken by some dark force inside her. See the lust, the hunger in her eyes. No, if only I had been there. I'm still not in this damn story yet. It's like it's like I'm trapped in a glass case. I'm able to communicate, for example, like this, like, Lucy, Lucy, don't go in the window. But she can't hear me because she's I'm trapped in this glass case. Like, Lucy, Lucy, don't go in the window. It's not the glass ceiling, so it's really soundproof and everything. Like, Lucy, Lucy, don't go in the window. You understand the metaphor I'm giving here, don't you? Like, Lucy, Lucy, don't go in the window. Understand the middle of the right? Yes! Great, like 15 people, thank you so much. Yes. As she approaches the window, it opens by itself. Not <laughs> the other one. There's a blue one in here. Now, this version of Dracula is a critically acclaimed, multi five star award winning hilarious comedy and it really was belly laugh funny and it was presented by the professor Abraham Van Helsing and his three idiotic characters on stage and the whole production was just hilarious from start to finish very slapstick very very funny lots of um lots of surprises for the audience Uh, if you if you went along and didn't quite know what to expect then you ended up just laughing I mean you could hear the audience there couldn't you it was just excellent really really good and i'm pleased to say the actors are going to be back at the woolsey with their comedy of king arthur in april 2024 tickets go on sale at the new woolsey theater 10 o'clock on saturday the 11th of november so that's this month you can get your hands on some tickets to see them again now next i went along to the key theater in sudbury It's one of Suffolk's smallest theatres and I was invited to look around backstage by the writer and director of this year's Panto Cinderella, that's David Holman. He's in charge of pulling the whole thing together. Oh, David, thank you so much. You're welcome. We're here to talk about Cinderella, which you're directing and producing. Uh, Yes, I wrote it. You wrote uh, it. I'll I'll give you the background to that, but I wrote it it, uh, about three months ago. prepared it and we've been rehearsing since the 9th of October so we're about three or four weeks in well before Um, I ask you about that I want to ask about this beautiful theatre we're at the Mm. key theatre here in Sudbury overlooking the river which is wonderful and there's actually sun coming in the windows which is so nice at this time (laughs) of year to feel that warmth 
Tell me a bit about the the theatre because it's really close to your heart and close oh, to your that's... home, isn't it? Quite literally. Yeah, it's it's one of these places that when it gets a hold on you, it doesn't let go. Because I, I came here in nineteen eighty three. Um, auditioned for A Midsummer Night's Dream and I didn't know that 40 years later I'd be back directing so it just it just gets in your system and I've, people I talk to all say the same thing it's got a charm uh, once people come here they do come back yeah. um, but it's getting the word out to everybody there are still locals to this day who say to me oh I didn't know you had a theatre here mm. it is rather tucked away isn't it, it down is Key Lane away, by the river it? it's yes. not a central theatre where everybody knows where it is yeah. but even so there are still people that are unaware of the Key Theatre and, and what goes on here I mean we do a variety of things uh, apart from theatre there's pop concerts there's even wrestling uh, we used to have jazz clubs back in the 80s and uh, yeah, and, and art displays are always up as yeah. well. So it's, it's comedy, comedy, visiting celebrities. We've mm. had them all here over the years. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, fascinating. Ada was one of my favourite. The, the trio of ladies do their comedy yeah. music. You know. and um, how many so, seats yeah. have you got here? Oh, that's a good question. About one hundred and twenty, I think. And is it Suffolk's smallest theatre? Oh, that's another good one. What, I, there Last is, week in the podcast, well, I said it's probably Suffolk's smallest theatre. I think it's one it, of them. It, it Should is, we call it that? It's small in that we've only got one um, stage exit. Yeah. <laughs> if you try to exit stage left, you hear a brick wall. Um, <laughs> so that does, you know, obviously make it a bit smaller. Um, I, it probably is. I was trying to think of the Fisher Theatre in Bungie. That's quite small. Yeah. Yeah. But what's um, nice is you get real intimate performances then. It's almost like being in someone's front yes, room, isn't it? Yes, the acoustics lovely. are lovely. And uh, I mean, there's a chap I follow here regularly. He does a one-man show. Um, and he just as the audience spellbound and yes. all he's got is a few you know a seat and a few things draped around well, the stage he? give us a tip we'll, we'll catch uh, Jonathan Goodwin I think his name is yeah. um, and I've what sort of show is that he's done well he did a one man Dracula one man Sherlock Holmes one about a serial killer which was very unnerving really? I mean I was like five seats back and I thought I'm glad I'm not in the front row because <laughs> that stare is just getting to me <laughs> so I always try and get to see him when he's here mm. but that's what I mean about variety I mean one day you're watching a one man show next you've got people fighting it out on a wrestling ring mm. then you've got Kate Bush this stuff Kate Bush um, tribute act coming soon. I saw her this time last year. That was fabulous as well. Very emotional Amazing. actually because I've got a lot of connections to Kate Bush songs. So it's like, all oh, right, it's all coming back. Yeah, it so, does, doesn't it? Music yeah. is very emotive like that. It literally oh, takes yes. you right back to the moment you were when you first heard it. Quite often, you know, mm. you can be fifteen all over again, can't you? This is it. When, it when the seventies and eighties music, yes, it does that. Mm, <laughs> so it does for others my age. <laughs> so talking of sort of eras and things, how old do you think this theatre is? I can tell you how old the building is. Yeah. Uh, it started life in 1791. Did it really? It wow. was a warehouse for the River Stour Navigation Company until 1913 when they went into liquidation. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, it stayed almost unused for, for many years. It was used as a store for bulldozers and cement mixers until 1977. So that's quite a, a long time for it just being used as a storage. Yeah. Uh, when it was purchased by SDS, Subway Dramatic Society, for £15,000. That was the brainchild of a man Steel. called Rick Dunning. He was our first mm. key theatre manager who sadly died in 1990. Uh, a lovely man. I got to know him and work under him. Uh, in, we did Erpenham Camp back in the 80s. Uh, and then they realised over time they needed money to do the conversion. So they got sort of private um, fundraising going on. And it eventually opened as a theatre uh, in 1981. 
there's a local businessman who was also interested in theatre called Jeff Kisby. Mm-hmm. And to this day, we now have a Jeff Kisby room up on the upper floor, which I'll show you later. Um, it's just in commemoration of this, oh, this man. Wow. Um, and he was in the presence of Max Wall. Uh, I'm not sure what the really? connection is, but Max Wall was there on the opening day. Oh, my um, goodness. That was 5th of December 1981. So that's how long Subway Dramatic Society and the theatre has actually been up and running. Yeah. So um, that's 40... Oh, I've lost track how long that is, actually. 40-odd <laughs> years, isn't it? Um, well, you're like me, you're probably a child of the of the 80s, and, and you can't think that it could you, possibly yes. be that old. <laughs> and you think, well, that's just ridiculous. When you go sort of 40-odd years, well, that's ridiculous. It can't Absolutely. be that old, can it? it? must be at least 10, you know, that's all. <laughs> well, also, um, there's always been the ups and downs over the years financially you know it's, mm. it's been challenged and we've something somebody or something has always come to its Saving, rescue yes. and here we are thriving Thank more goodness. than ever and you know it, it is fabulous um and as i say over the years had a variety of entertainments we had let's say jazz clubs film societies because obviously with the cinema closing yeah they thought what's well, a golden opportunity to put films on here films, yeah. um and all as i say all those visiting pro- yeah. professionals and then it gained charitable status in 1987 uh, i'm not sure the 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 history, but it then was had because Sudbury's Dramatic Society bought it and owned it, and then it was handed over to a trust. Yeah. But it's been a very symbiotic relationship, you know, mm-hmm. to keep things um, ticking over. And we pay for space up on the top floor for all our costumes, which is mm-hmm. quite extensive. So, uh, and we still the jetty. I don't know if you saw as you came by. There's a little place called the jetty. Yes, that I saw was the a, sign. Originally owned by the Bowls Club, but mm-hmm. they leased it out to Sudbury Dramatic Society and other groups. So you get all sorts of things going on in there. But we do a lot of our rehearsals there, oh, which is ideal when it comes to mm-hmm. moving across with your costumes and props and everything yes. into the theatre. Nice rather, close you're not, by, aren't you're you? not a long way away, so that's been lovely. Uh, and it's a big space, so when you've got a large cast, it's, it's, it's room to move. So you know. Tell me about Cinderella, say, because you've written it, you're directing. Yes. Tell me about the cast first of all. How big is the cast this year? Well, I was told it shouldn't have been bigger than 11, so that's why I went for 11. Uh, I did originally had a chorus of five, and I had all these great plans what I'd do with these five people. I said, Oh no, you can only have two. Oh, okay. So I tailored it to two. Um, I was approached to write it um, by a member of SDS. Uh, They said, You know, we, we need a traditional pantomime for next year. And I said, well, I've written, because I've written nine pantos with my wife uh, over the years. And they said, I said, which one would you want? They said, oh, it'd be great if we did Cinderella, because it's been 10 years since they last did it, and that's quite a long time. Mm. Uh, for, uh, for it's gal. like an anniversary edition. Almost. And I said, well, it's just, you're in luck, because uh, my wife did write Cinderella back in 2005 for our group over in um, Gloucester. And I said, but the problem is, it was written for a cast of 30. Um, yeah. So... I won't be able to just quite a lot of use that. I just have to very yeah. I'll t- I took elements from it, um, and then I used that to build my own version of Cinderella. And the key word was traditional, because the pantomime of all productions through the year is really for the people of Sudbury. It's where families bring their children at Christmas. It's something to look forward to, and they all go away happy. And you see them come back year after year, which is which is great. So with that sort of remit, I thought, okay. So I went away and um, I kept it 
quite tired. Anybody who says you can write a pattern script straight off is, is lying because mm-hmm. it takes three or four drafts. Uh, my initial draft I gave to the committee and they said, yes, that's lovely, but uh, we can't have that opening and really we need a scene added in there if you could just add that and oh, tweak no. that. And I thought, no, it's fine, I was happy. And I thought, because really? I expected to do that, but I thought, okay, I, I didn't think it was ready to go, but that, that's fine. So I went and took that you away. You closer than that. Well, yeah, but eventually <laughs> you get to a point, I, I, I submitted it to the committee and they said, that's great, we're happy with that. You know, you have our blessing to, to go on. So, with. are there going to be sort of um, local landmarks and things that people are going to recognise, and maybe some in jokes of for people in Sudbury or people of Suffolk? How, how does that work? Because we've been able to sort of yeah, stick so some of those into the plot. The, the, you get a bit more flexibility with a panto script. Obviously, um, like with the, the Ugly Sisters, I've written all their routines, but I, in rehearsals, I said, look, if you want to add to this or tweak it a little bit, I'm happy. So just come to me with the ideas. Things, yeah. And. Um, you know, that the fairy's got a line where she says, I could have turned you something into something hideous like, and I said, well, I don't know what the local reference would be, so let, choose let somebody. Uh, it, yeah. and, but I don't, you don't want to insult or no. offend people. Uh, <laughs> but, in the audience. but there is always that bit of leeway. So there's the script, that's just the start. Then yeah. the actors bring something to it, and then you think, okay, we can insert local jokes. So that, that's never a problem. So, yes, yeah, so we're about, let's say, three weeks into rehearsal. It's all going, well, swimmingly, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this things... is the tricky time, isn't it? Because everyone's trying to sort of well, gel together and learn the scripts. and you know. Yes, we've just literally just got past the blocking, which is always the slog of a, any play or panto, yeah. the blocking the moves. Uh, we've had sickness and weather conditions to, you know, people away to, to attend with. Uh, the lady who's playing the prince in my pantomime is currently the lead in Thrill of Love that they're doing next week. And that's a very heavy part for her to take on. Yeah, so I've given a bit of leeway. I said, look, yeah, we, we can hold and off using it later. what you mean about blocking as well. Well, blocking is just, uh, I'm, not all directors do it, but I, I prefer to go in with uh, a solid idea of how I'm going to use the stage and what, what space you've got to work with. Because sometimes you can make glaring mistakes in your script. Because you think, I mean, I wrote... Um, exits for stage left and you don't have a stage left no. thought, you I've seen people going off stage left so, <laughs> yes but in panto you, you're covering the whole back mm. with your set and if you put an exit in you've suddenly truncated that to mm. yeah, much smaller so uh, yeah so in terms in terms of blocking it's just blocking the basic entrances and exits and the moves around the stage and making sure that they're not um blocking each other, you know, so that you haven't got somebody who's obscured by an actor in front of them. Uh, it's, so it's, it's basically sure making routines. sure people are going to be in the right place at the right time. That's it, yeah. yeah. And okay. then it looks good. I mean, it's, mm. it's all about creating shapes as well and using the stage because a lot of actors need to be told, come downstage more or, you mm. know, if you're back there, make sure you project more because you know, you've got to hit the back of the row. I always buy a ticket when I'm watching a show in the very back row yeah. to see what the projection's like and make sure that people, you know, are, are reaching out. So you can have issues with that because some actors aren't as loud as others. Oh, and some you have to say, okay, bring it down, you know. <laughs> uh, but yes, it, as I say, they're all taking direction. They're coming up with ideas, which I always encourage. I said, I'll, I'll soon tell you if I don't like your idea. But I welcome ideas. <laughs> well, you have to be the one who's at you the know. helm. But it's lovely to have that input, isn't it? Yes. Well, I've, I always say that there's one voice in any play or show, and it's the director's. Mm. But that doesn't mean that you have to s- dismiss other people's ideas. Mm. And some of the ones I've had already from cast members, have, I've got yes, please, insert that, that's lovely. Really good, yeah. Uh, and they're, de- they're developing their own character from just a pencil sketch that I've given them in the script. Amazing. So it's, yeah, it's, I'm watching it come to life, and that's very satisfying. So should we have a quick look? Should we have yes, a let me give you a tour. Really, it's like 
TARDIS, isn't it? Yes. Oh, and this is where the costumes are kept. Hey, yes, we've got wigs and a few props and things. Mr Blobby's head up there and a cow. I'm right guessing that down. might be a pantomime cow. Let's go right down to the bottom if you like. To Goodness see all the other me. That we have. Oh, this the is lovely. Is, I was going to say it's like Aladdin's cave, but it probably has got Aladdin in here oh, somewhere sure, as well, hasn't it? <laughs> but you can be asked to do anything in a pantomime. I mean, last year we did Puss in Boots and this Goodness poor me. lady was in my plane this year. Well, the she shoes. had to play a bowl of mashed potato. <laughs> So, you know, back end of a cow, you can be all those. You've yes. got a professional um, sewing machine here. Someone clearly Julie is very talented. Uh, is um, one of the custodians of the costume department. And does she make them as well? Does she have to make and alter and things? too much detail about what goes on up And here. you've got all of your theatre makeup. This is yeah. so organised. Mm. And more shoes than I've ever seen before in my life. <laughs> lots of sparkles. Shoes. Lots of heels. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. But, so we've got Sarah Knight, who has been associated with the Key for some time. Uh, and she actually wrote a book, 100 Years of uh, Sudbury Dramatic Society. Oh, brilliant. So that came out because we, we celebrated 100 years in 2021. Yeah. And we have a lady who's now on the board whose grandfather founded the group all those years ago. <gasps> That's so amazing. amazing. That and yeah. isn't that lovely, yeah. you know, for a community to have that, those links is incredible, really. I love all the hats as well. I mean, so oh, yeah. many, so many cowboys' hats, so much glitter. That's what you need, isn't it? <laughs> Witches' costumes, very yeah. useful for Halloween, just gone, of course. Yeah. It just takes so much organisation as well, though, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I say, someone is clearly and, very uh, organised here. Say, Sarah, everything, a place for everything and everything in its place. That, yes. There must be, what, 30, 40 weeks there as well? I was well. going to say, tell that to the actors. No, that doesn't fit. I'll just throw that over. I'll just throw that away. That. Someone else will deal with that. <laughs> OK. So talk to me about Cinderella just before we, we uh, finish our interview. It starts... Right, I'm glad I've got a leaflet to hand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I should know this by rote by now, but anyway. So we are on from the 15th to the 24th of December. Tickets are, normal ticket prices are £15 and children concessions are £12 each. Um, and this is all being done by the Sudbury Dramatic Society. Sudbury Dramatic Society. And how can people get hold of tickets? Right, well, they can contact the Key. They have a website, which is www.keysudbury.com or they can phone the box office here on 01787 374 and just to let you know, we do uh, double performances on the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, they start at 11 and 3, so we don't have evening performances for those. But in the evening one, it's 7.30 in the weekday. And you've got a special and, uh, performance as yes, well, have Yes, a special you? relaxed performance on Tuesday the 19th of December, um, which is... Um, That'll be without all the flashing lights and things, it, won't we, you? We take out the pyros, we reduce the noise levels, we try not to interrupt physically with the audience but it's it's a stress-free sort of environment yeah and we also allow access to the bar if people think you know they're finding it too much they can go up to the bar and just chill there as well so and david yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for showing around the key and thank you for telling me a bit more yeah. about it and also about the pantomime good You're luck very with welcome. it thank you very much now sudbury is such a lovely place to visit after i left david we walked that's my husband steve and i and our little dog aka producer Ruby, who you've probably heard in previous episodes every now and again, she likes to make herself known. We walked along a disused railway line, uh, which runs next to the meadow in Sudbury, and it's behind the Key Theatre. And it's such a pretty walk, and it takes you back to the town centre. And as we were walking towards the town centre, 
I came across something completely out of the ordinary. I just saw the van. I've no idea what this is, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not from round here. But okay, I run a, yeah. uh, like an entertainment podcast called Ruby Shoes. Oh, right, cool. And I talk to like theatres and performers and that sort of thing. And I thought a moving yeah, cinema. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, Can you tell me what yeah. you're doing here in the middle of Sudbury? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're... Um... Just dropping the ladder. <laughs> dropping over, falling over stepladders. That's what we're doing. So yeah, we're owned um, and operated by Abbeygate Cinema in Barry's. Oh right. And so the owner of that owns this as well. Yeah. Um, and we take this all over the country. Uh, not really Scotland because they've got one of their own of these. Um, but we'll do ticketed cinema like what we're doing here this week in Sudbury, or we'll do festivals, or we'll do corporate um, hires or private hires even. That's such we've a good done, idea. Because um, I mean, you've, you've done training got sessions for proper cinema seating and everything absolutely yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's, it's a full spec um digital projector same as same as a normal cinema yeah uh, surround sound uh, and 100 well actually 98 that you um, can pack it up and seats. drive it off yeah yeah, so absolutely. what yeah. cinema are yeah, you showing yeah. in, in Sudbury? So we're showing, uh, we've been here since Tuesday, we're here till Sunday and we've been showing um, main feature films, we did some Halloween specials on Tuesday. Of course. Starting today we've got um, uh, Great Escaper, uh, Miracle Club, we've got Paw Patrol on at the weekend for the kids, so I mean all, all, all sorts, yeah, I love all it. sorts of stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I saw you've even got a little stall outside selling all your snacks and Yeah, 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 we'll do the, do the, the crisps and the snacks and all the rest of it outside, so that's a bit of a box office as well for, you know, controlling people in and out um it's heated air conditioned you know so it's just great yeah oh, <laughs> what a great it's job really to cool, have. yeah it's not too well yeah, it's not too bad when it works it's all fine <laughs> Shh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. i'm sure it's all fine all the time <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely you know it's, it's nice a great bit of kit and it's pretty unique there's only three of these in the whole of the uk yeah one is stays in scotland one does just the military bases. Yeah. And you public can't get on that. This is the only I have other never seen this is the only other public ever. one. I thought no. it was amazing. No, no. Do you do any other parts of Suffolk and Norfolk? We'll go all over the place. Yeah, yeah. we'll do we've done do South you have Coast, like a sort of a London. Tour? Uh, it's not really a tour, it's just as an, uh, kind of like an as and when basis. Yeah. So we don't do like a fixed tour. Yeah. It's just a job comes up, we'll go out and do that and then yeah. back again and then. But can people kinda go on a Facebook page or something and find you or just Yeah, know they that can they... they can look at um uh, our website, uh, Facebook, or look through the Abigate Cinema website, and we're all we're on there, yeah. And it's called Moving Cinema. Uh, incredible Moving Cinema, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I didn't even ask you your name. I just, Chris. Chris, yeah. I just yeah. literally walked in and went, Excuse me. That's all right, no worries. No, we like, we like, um, talking about it you know because it is such a it is such a unique thing and yeah. the majority of people have never seen one of these no and um yeah they're, they're pretty big on the continent i just um, literally stumbled across you and thought that's amazing yeah. what a clever idea yeah. especially for some of the smaller places and yeah well like you know, you know Sudbury is a reasonable sized town and doesn't have a doesn't, doesn't have, have its own sort of full-time cinema no. so we're sort of partly here to just sort of gauge demand and reaction and all the rest of it to possibly a permanent one coming in but um yeah, yeah so we'll do that sort and of how's it well. been final uh, question very, very busy really busy really <laughs> there's a one o'clock show on today yeah. sold out brilliant there's a show on tonight that's sold out Paw Patrol over the weekend all sold out I mean so it's busy so people have um, if you were in my town I'd come <laughs> where, 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 are, the where are you Felixstowe oh right yeah okay Felixstowe yeah. Yeah. so we yeah, do yeah. have cinema to be fair so you uh-huh. probably won't come to us no we don't want to like but, yeah. anno- annoy 
you know, the people current are, one there. Yeah, yeah, we don't but want to do that. But if I was on holiday or somewhere, and I think, wow, there's yeah, a cinema yeah, set me popped up. Yeah, this yeah, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, but it's been um, supported by the council, so Sudbury Town Council and Baybrough District Council. Um, so it's just one of their sort of offers for the public, you know. So. Now, I promised you a bit more comedy this week, didn't I? Mike McLean is going to be back at the Ipswich Regent Theatre this December in the pantomime Sleeping Beauty. He is just a hilarious comedian, really, really funny guy. And I was pleased to catch up with him before he headed off on a cruise ship to entertain the audiences there. He'll be back in Ipswich in December, but let's hear from him now. Hey, do you know what? When I first came here, um, when I first came here, it was difficult because I, I'd gone to places like I'd been in Darwin. They were dead easy laugh. You know, they were sort of they were there for a night out. They wanted a laugh and blah blah. blah. And then when I came to do my first ever panto in Ipswich, I was doing stuff that I knew worked, and I was getting nothing back. I was like, God, nothing. And uh, I was in digs with this lady, and she went. She just went, yeah, that people from Suffolk for you. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like, right. So I just had to think about, and I just had to make it, um, so it just fell in their laps, you know, and they didn't have to think about the comedy. And then when I did my one nighters, they just loved it. They were brilliant. And I've been here. I think this, I think this is not three, four, five. This is a seventh or eighth year now. Can't remember. Yeah. You're part of the furniture now, Mike. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I've just signed for three years, so... Wonderful. Describe where where you are right now for our our listeners. I'm currently about to go into the Everlast gym with my son because he played football yesterday, so he needs a cooling down session. So I'm just about to go in there with my eldest son um, just so he can have a cool down. And I, I like to go in the gym because I like to work out about two, three times a year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they sell cheap pasties, so... Tell yeah. me something that no one knows about you. Yeah, I'm really good at cooking. OK. What do you like to cook? Anything Spanish. My family is Spanish. I had a really good teacher in my mum, and uh, she taught me how to cook everything from paella, paella to... to Oh, God, lots of Spanish dishes, like loads of things. So I'm a good cook. Lovely. All right. Tell me something that's still on life's list. It might be personally for you or it might be professionally. I'd like to do Life in the Apollo on BBC One. And I'd like to get back presenting. I think I'd like to get... I'd love to do Saturday Night TV where a show that involves the public because that's where my skill is at. Yeah, I think you'd be very, very popular. Yeah, Um, Favourite part, because this um, goes out over Suffolk and also Norfolk, favourite part of either Suffolk or Norfolk? I'll give you the choice. Car Street in Ipswich. <laughs> I, get, I get a lot of material walking down that street. <laughs> I going to say why Why there. Yeah. I think why, I'll tell you why there. As you go down Car Street from the theatre, on the right-hand side is the most amazing Asian shop that sells yeah. every spice known to man. Like the, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I get so much stuff and then bring it home. Like it's brilliant. It's one of the best Asian shops. For like, it's owned by this lovely little Indian woman, and and, and she's really. I was like, have you got this? Have you got this? She's like, 
second shelf down there, second shelf. She's just got everything. I reckon if I went in there for a, a gearbox for a Ford Cortina, she'd probably tell me it'd be on the back shelf, bottom right on the back shelf, you know. She's uh, probably right. She, it's a great shop. If you like it, it's a brilliant, brilliant shop. Yeah. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Final question for you, Mike. Three things you like to take with you when you're out on tour that just kind of make life easy for you and make you think, yep, I've got those in the glove box or I've got those packed in my in my hold all. I'm happy now. I can go out on tour. My electric toothbrush. Mm-hmm. My laptop. And my pillow. I have to have a hard pillow when I go out and if I'm sleeping, it has to be a hard pillow. Now, back to theatre. I'm back at the New Orsi Theatre, in fact, for Frankenstein tomorrow night. That's Tuesday the 7th of November. It promises to be an electrifying reimagining of the world's favourite horror story that will set minds and spines tingling, they say, with a stunning original score. It's set in 1943. While Europe tears itself apart, two women hide from their past at what feels like the very end of the world. One of them has a terrifying story to tell. I created life, it says. You don't believe me, but it's true. I didn't start from scratch, of course, but out of portions and odd ends, I made something alive. But what I created wasn't superhuman. It was a monster. You can hear how I got on in next week's episode of Ruby Shoes. I also want to say good luck to all of the cast of Calendar Girls. That's the Kesgrave Players. It opens this Wednesday night. This fantastic cast will be performing from this Wednesday, that's the 8th of November, through to Saturday the 11th of November in support of the Blossom Appeal for Heathrow Hospital. I can tell you Friday night is already a sellout, so get yourself your tickets for Calendar Girls. A little further ahead, still this month though, 14th to the 18th of November, the Theatre Royal in Norwich will come alive with over 50 West End stars. The multi-award winning Broadway production of Rodgers and Hammerstein's The King and I returns to the UK following its critically acclaimed sold out season at the London Palladium no less. The King and I is the greatest musical from the golden age of musicals with one of the finest scores ever written, including Whistle Happy Tune, Shall We Dance, etc, etc, etc. Sorry, if you know, you know. Now, this gloriously lavish production is brought to the stage by an internationally renowned creative team under the Tony Award-winning director, Bartlett Shear, who was in charge of South Pacific, My Fair Lady, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, and it will feature a world-class company of, as I say, over 50 West End and Broadway performers and a full-scale orchestra. I mean, what's not to like? Now, if you're part of a show, a panto you're directing, or perhaps you're planning a Christmas event and you'd like to be featured on Ruby Shoes Podcast, just get in touch with us via our socials. Ruby Shoes Podcast, tell us a bit about you, tell us what you've got planned, and we'd love to have you as a featured guest on a future episode. Until next week's episode, wrap up warm and stay dry. I'm Steph McIntyre. Thanks for listening to the Ruby Shoes podcast. Hope you can join us next week and do check out our socials in the meantime at Ruby Shoes podcast. <laughs>